0: In the gospel, we hear of the baptism of Jesus Christ. There are so many things revealed in today's gospel, and if you blink, you might miss them. You might miss the fact that this is the revelation of the Holy Trinity very early on during Jesus' ministry. In fact, right at the very beginning of his ministry, where the voice of the Father comes out over the land and proclaims Jesus to be his beloved Son in whom he is well pleased. We see the Holy Spirit descending like a dove. And so it's this reminder for us now, looking back, that everything God does, he does as all three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit united. And so Jesus' ministry while he was on this earth was the work of God. All three persons We saw Jesus, but the Father and the the Spirit were active in him as well because God acts always with all three of his persons. But instead of digging into heavy-duty Trinitarian theology in which, you know, when you do that, you wind up being an accidental heretic all the time, so we're not going to do that. Because the other thing, that the baptism of the Lord reminds us of is of our own baptisms. At our baptism, one of the effects is that we become children of God. There are several effects to baptism, right? We are forgiven of original sin. We are forgiven of any other sins that might have accrued. We become members of the church of the kingdom of God, a.k.a. we become children of God and then the other effect is that our souls are marked for all eternity. Basically, it's like we put a big sign of the cross on our souls. Is like That's how I like to think of it. And so, talking about being children of God, what does that mean? It means things like, when God says comfort, give comfort to my people, he's speaking to us. We are the people that God came to comfort. And how did he do that? How did he bring us those glad tidings Isaiah spoke of? He became one of us. We just celebrated it on Christmas Day. We celebrated that incarnation of Jesus Christ becoming man to save us and to bring comfort to his people. And at the end of St. Paul's letter, we celebrate the fact that the Holy Spirit was richly poured out on us by Jesus Christ at Pentecost specifically. But that's what his whole ministry was about about showing us the way, and then when he was done with his time on this earth, sending the Holy Spirit so that he might live within each of us so that we can fulfill that good work that he begun, so that we can be justified by his grace, so that we can be heirs in hope of eternal life. And now that last one, that's the rub, isn't it? That's the rub. Because each one of our human hearts has infinite desire. We want everything, literally everything. Nothing on this earth will make us happy because nothing on this earth is infinite. We even want to defeat death, right? Because we're not happy with this idea that we might just blink out of existence. And so us humans, we want to beat even death because our hearts want everything. And the good news is that they can have it. Because God is infinite, and he wishes to fill our hearts with his infinite love. And that's what this is all about. That's what everything's about. God pouring his love into our hearts. That infinite love is the only thing that can quench, ultimately, the infinite desire of our hearts. So often it can be easy to be to, to be lulled into some sense of of being okay with what's on this earth, right? We can, we can go around and we can think that money and power and fame and sex and control and, and all of these things which the world puts in front of us, dangling in front of us, try to get it, trying to get us to think, no, that's what I need, that's what will make me happy. We can lull our, ourselves into believing that. We can even lull ourselves into thinking things like heaven might not be as great as it's cracked up to be. I mean, I'll be honest, there are times when we're talking about heaven, especially in seminary, and they talk about how we will have the the wedding feast of the Lamb and how it's connected with the Mass, right? If you ever read Scott Hahn's stuff, one of his big things is that heaven and the Mass are the same thing, right? Heaven comes down to earth In the mass. But when we're in heaven, we're in communion with God. But that gets me thinking sometimes. Okay, so is it like the entire book of Matthew we're going to read at the heavenly liturgy? And how long is God going to preach? It's going to be literally forever, isn't it? Because heaven's for eternity, right? And then I get to thinking, well, maybe that doesn't sound so great. But then I realize that's my inability to see the infinite shining through there, my inability to see the great gifts God wants to give me showing there. And so what we have to do, each and every one of us, is allow our hearts to be open to the greatness that God wishes for us, to never be happy with the things of this world, because there is something so much greater waiting for us. You know, back to that moment of our baptism. Right after we're baptized, you're anointed with the sacred chrism that the bishop consecrates during the chrism mass um, right before Easter. And with this sacred chrism, the prayer of anointing reminds us that each of us Christians is called to be a priest, a prophet, and a king. Now, we could spend days talking about each of those things, but I want to talk about that prophetic nature that comes upon each of us at our baptisms and what that means. Because a lot of times we think of the prophets either as being these weird fortune teller type people, or we think of them as being old grumps like Jeremiah was for a while. Until towards the end of his book, he gets really happy. So I guess he must have seen the light, right? But we can get stuck into thinking that's what a prophet looks like. But what a prophet truly does is they remind people of the desires of their heart. And they remind them that there is nothing on this world that will truly satisfy you. They're the ones who are going to say, okay, I see you think that that makes you happy. But do you realize there is something so much greater waiting for you? And the reason that someone who is called to be a prophet can do this is because they have encountered Jesus Christ. Because we weren't saved by this idea, right? We weren't saved by some some text in a book. We were saved by a person whose name was Jesus Christ. And so each and every one of us has encountered Jesus Christ somehow in our lives. Sometimes it's more obvious than others, right? Every once in a while, you get that experience of God knocking you in the back of a head with a two by four. And other times, it's a little more subtle. But each and every one of us has had an experience with Jesus Christ. And he's invited us to allow him into our hearts. And when we have that experience, it changes us forever. And from that encounter with Jesus Christ, we go out to the world. And we tell people, you can have this too. You can have this hope for eternity. You can have literally everything if you follow Jesus Christ, who is the way and the truth and the life. And so, brothers and sisters, as we close out the season of Christmas, which always feels way too short to me, let's thank God for that gift that he came to save us. And let's thank God that Jesus Christ came and he transformed that baptism of John into the baptism of the Holy Spirit and of fire. And after we're done thanking God, let's ask him for help so that we can bring that, that desire, that infinite desire into the world and show people you can literally have everything if you follow Jesus Christ the way and the truth and the life.